Scott Brits is in the house. What's going on, man? Hello, John. It's good. Um, it's weird to speak to you on the computer again, because actually the last time we got to speak to you was actually in person, like humans have done for a couple of thousand years. You've been in the States for a while, though, right? Did you just, just get back to the UK? Um, no, so we were <clears throat> we were at Waterpalooza, and then we went to visit the guys at t- in Tennessee at Cookville um, over at Mayhem with like a little stopover, and then I came back over to the US from the 17th of May until the 8th of June, which is basically just drive into every single city that we have an event to try and tell people about what we do. So it's going to be uh, three weeks in the US, if they let oh. me in. How was Tennessee? Is that your first trip to Tennessee? Yeah, so I've been to I've been to Texas before, um, and I kind of thought oh, it's just the same. And it's not. Um, yeah, Tennessee no. was really cool. Um, got got a few friends there, so uh, really good uh, female athlete uh, Desiree Genter. She's based there. They moved. She moved from LA with a partner. She trains with Tia and Brooke and everyone over at Proven. So got to see her. She literally just had a baby. Um, but yeah, Tennessee was. It was different. It's very, very different to, to England. I mean, just open. So everyone's house is really far away from everybody else's house. That was that was a, a new one for my little British self. <laughs> Do you get to Cracker Barrel? Please tell me you got Cracker Barrel while you were there. So you can tell from the blank state on my face that one, I don't know what that means. Oh, and two, no. That I am so disappointed in my Tennessee brethren. <laughs> That they did not get you to a good traditional Southern breakfast. What the hell? Ah, okay, okay. No, no. I mean, I've had barbecue, lots of good barbecue places. We went to a really good place in Nashville for barbecue, but not for breakfast. No. Okay, I'm disappointed. Well, when you said you're back in the States in May. Where are you going to be in May? So a week in Miami, like five days in, like four or five days in, in Tennessee, four or five days in Houston, and four or five days in L.A., all right. When you're in, are you going back to Cookville or are you going to Nashville? Yeah. You going to, okay. Yeah. So we've got a day in Cookville and then a couple of the rest of the days in Nashville. All right. I'm going to break this down for you, bro. You have to go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> this is, this is a Southern okay. delicacy, right? It's just a chain, but they do the most amazing okay. breakfast and it's a true Southern breakfast, biscuits and bacon and gravy and grits and hash browns. And it's so bad for you. And you, <laughs> you'll nap for like six hours afterward. And it's amazing. Okay, crack about on. Right, yeah, it's it's on the list to be done, along with the Johnny Cash Museum because I missed that last time. So, it's, oh it's yeah, on yeah. Do you like country music? Yeah, love it. I mean, also, I mean, massive John, just particularly Johnny Cash uh, is like a, a bit of a hero of mine. One, I, I, any man that can almost entirely wipe out an endangered species from drunk driving, <laughs> and th- and and come out the other side and still make the Hall of Fame. I think is a uh, is a guy to look up to. I, I watched his movie last night, Walk the Line. It was so good. Yeah. Lucky yeah. Phoenix sounds like him. It's really cool. You know, it's a, he, he did have like such an interesting life. And it, as I was watching, I was seeing just such a different time, you know, then than now. Like, you know, when you live in an era where there's no social media and TV isn't mm-hmm. even prevalent yet and everything is done on the road, like face to face, doing concerts and tours. And that's how you grow your following. I'm like, man. Talk about commitment and like it, maybe this was an advantage. I'm now that I'm saying this out loud, but you know, because you don't have the prevalence of social media and, and all the other media, you probably don't know how good you are or bad. Yeah. You know, like you're just out, you just have 
confidence in yourself. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, like what kind of confidence do you have to have? Just walk into Sam Phillips recording studio and go, I yeah. want to <laughs> record an album, you know? And I'm, and I'm as good as Elvis. Like I was yeah. like Donnie Lee Lewis. I'm as good as Elvis. Like give me a chance. I mean, but to be fair, like that whole point of meeting people, that's the whole reason that I'm coming over is, you know, we've got four big events in the U S and not many people know us. So I'm going to be in one car driving to as many gyms in each one of those towns as possible. So no, with nowhere near the same vocal skill or style as Johnny Cash, I'm still going to try and go to as many people as, as I can. Oh, come on, person. dude. You're, you're uh, Mr. Men's Health UK, so I hear. So you, you're just like Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's more fortuitous than uh, than skill. But uh, no, I mean, that was huge. That was really, really, really cool. And also just great for battle cancer because like men's health is a is a is generic like it's you know everybody in fitness and you know the, it's like quite a public facing thing so, so that was very cool but no i mean johnny cash like you know you look at him and the whole reason that the whole you know wearing a suit of black was because he just believed in a lot of inequalities and wasn't particularly you know ready to talk and be clever and happy at the world until certain things were put right and so i think yeah, I wonder where I get my light influence from. I'm like, yeah, I can I can pull that from Jerry. <laughs> hey, I want to I want to talk about this men's health thing, dude. That you know, as I've been watching your organization grow on Battle Cancer, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Battle Cancer. It's getting so big, but then you know, all of a sudden, here you are on men's freaking health, dude. That's a big deal. How'd that come about? Yeah, so I mean, it is really strange, like from being a really fat little kid and then thinking, seeing these people on these magazines, thinking, how will I ever be me? Or, you know, even probably sort of when I started doing stuff with men's health, particularly to get to the cover was was really difficult. And, you know, it's kind of, it's not something that you can like ask to get. It's something that kind of has to happen in the background. So similar, you know, I reached out to this fantastic guy, David Morton, who's like, big into his CrossFit now he's he interviews CrossFitters all the time he, he does CrossFit himself uh linked up with him in terms of pretty much stuff that we do about cancer he's like look can you write workouts for us can you do write can you write pieces in and around particularly like mental health and how you can use fitness to just kind of self-regulate um how you can just write out your own workout to just end yourself and scream and shout and cry and laugh all on your own to make yourself feel a little bit better um and i'm like yeah cool as long as you keep tagging battle cancer and everything you do and, and they have and then we've done stuff called the mental health squad so this squad is the idea it was like it's a collection of us so uk mega athletes that george is in the squad as well we all kind of do different contributions we train together and do advice and then i got a phone call saying like look can you can you be ready the phone call was like can you be ready to stand in for the shoot there was like it's there's a small chance that who's the other two people they're like really famous people it's like one was tyson fury the boxer and another was like a, a hollywood actor and they're like oh these two guys are kind of constantly in discussion but can you be here just in case we don't have someone it's like yeah of course so and you know me i'm always looking for an opportunity to remove the piece of clothing so of course i was course. <laughs> i was ready on stand and <laughs> and then we had the photo shoot which is pretty nuts um and then about a month later, they were like, yeah, we're going to use you in May. So it'll come out. Um, we're going to use you in April. So it'll come out in March. And then really strange, like just kind of walking into a store and a train station and a supermarket and seeing my face there is, was very, very odd, but really lovely response that it's had. Um, and apparently Poland might want to use it, I think. I go. think he said. 
So well, this is kind of my question. Like, how strange does it feel? I mean, I, you know, I don't, you know, you didn't start battle cancer to get your face on the you know front of magazines and <laughs> here you are on men's health. Like, besides it being incredibly cool, like, you know, now you're like the true face. Like, is that, how's that feel for you? Yeah, it's strange. I think the, I vividly remember a conversation with a PR agency about two years ago when I said, look, how, like, how can we get attention to what we're doing? And she was like, look, media, mainstream media don't really care about good stuff. There was like, she was like, you can fundraise all the millions. You can change people's lives with programs, whatever you want to do, keep doing it. She's like, but they just don't really care. It was like, it always has to be centered around a person or somebody has to speak on behalf of all of that good that's being done. And they, they want to have a story behind it. And it was weird for me because I came from policing and serious policing where nobody was to know my name because that meant bad things. And, you know, people couldn't find out where I trained because they'd come and try and get me and all weird stuff like that. So it was this real big flip. Um, and I think the biggest thing I always just try and do now is if, if it is me speaking, it's not me speaking about me. I want to try and echo and tell the stories of the thousands of people that are fundraisers. I remember so many people, so many amazing stories and connections. So I, I kind of feel that it's like a necessary thing to do now. And yes, it's very cool, but it's the biggest thing is to remember it isn't about me. It's I'm being the vessel for that thing. And I kind of imagine it's a lot like that for people from CrossFit, you know, it's, particularly like HQ in the early days, you know, that they, they would, it's difficult, isn't it? Do you make it about you or do you become the spokesperson for that entire community? And there's some phenomenal people. I think they do it really well, certainly in CrossFit, like look at easy, you know, like he's, he does that really well. There's so many people that are, have the ability to use their name and their face to communicate something bigger than what they are. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing of, just just always shut up and say good stuff. Don't don't mess it up. Like you've been given an opportunity. Don't mess it up. Charity works hard, I think, because of that. Like, you know, because people will give you accolades for doing it. I don't know how you feel. Maybe tell me how you feel. Like I always feel guilty when people reach out to me and they go, Oh, this is so great that you're doing this, you know. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for that. Like I want to help people. No. You know what I mean? And I I appreciate that people recognize the work, but it also like it just feels it just doesn't feel right to me to be accepting accolades for doing it. Like how, how is it for you? Like, you know, cause I know people are have to be doing the same thing. Like, you know, I'm fawning over this magazine cover. I know people are doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great point. And it's one that I've always been super clear on. So, you know, the fundraising that happens from our events, that is not me. Like I, I don't collect that money. I don't do the, the physical challenges that people do. I don't do the events. I, create the event and then all those people do it so it, i could create an event until the cows come home and nobody could turn up and nobody could do it and there would be nothing that comes out of it and even now the program like the program there's coaches that are delivering those sessions like i personally don't deliver a, a battle cancer program session we've got like 15 coaches now across the world that are delivering those sessions that are with people you know day to day so it isn't it isn't me and, it, and it's something that people go oh you're trying to be modest i'm like i am not trying to be modest it literally is not me. And also, it's pretty selfish. Like, I have the best job in the world. I get to travel the world and talk to people every day about something that I love. Like, 99.9% .9 of the population do not have that opportunity. You know, people go to work quite often in things that they don't particularly like or enjoy. 
and they earn a living and then they give a living to support a community or they support a family and they do lots of things. I every day get to live in fitness and meet wonderful people. And I vividly remember days like dark days of working in the police or working in other jobs. And now my responses and interactions with people are completely different. And yes, sometimes I meet people through sadness, i.e. they've lost somebody or they're undergoing something that's particularly sad in their life. But I'm still meeting someone who's an, an awesome person and I'm still having a great connection with them. So, yeah, I don't think I do, should get accolades because I literally have the best job in the world. I'm pretty selfish because I keep doing the same thing that gives me a great feeling. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're 100% right. I don't, you know, I don't like that. And it's that's the reason that we've started to do back kinds of stories and we've started to spread the word about people who do our events and do our programs all around the world because... I'm sick of the sound of my own voice, so I'm pretty sure the battle cancer <laughs> community are as well. I doubt that. Um, so you guys have a you have an entire series of events coming up. Let's kind of walk through them. So you're going to Miami next, is that right? Yeah. So in the US, so we have 13 in total this year. So we just finished one over in Dubai, which was crazy. Um, Crown Prince of Dubai actually turned up, which again took him around, which was a first ever royalty we've had to a, an event, which was very surreal the day before i was laying flooring and matting and then the next day i'm walking around a oh. part of the hold on family. scott hold on hold on i'm a meme lord so technically technically as a lord that made me royalty but i, I <laughs> but you've not been to one of our events yet so oh, okay all right that's fair that's totally fair okay <laughs> crown prince of dubai that's cool that's very cool yeah so nuts i mean he interacted with loads of kids in the crowd like went and met lots of people and we had a phenomenal amount of local emirati people at the event um and we had local emirati charities so for them it was this you know huge thing for them to be seen with, with him be there and um we had a really cool conversation and he's got battle cancer tea and yeah it was that was really cool but it was just quite funny the day before i spent three and a half hours like literally on the floor clicking in flooring and then i was like yeah okay now i'm kind of walking around around the prince but so we've got 12 we've got 12 left for the rest of the year uh four in the u.s which are super exciting for us because they're four big events we've got big venues um we've got miami at flamingo park which is again just the the community in Miami, particularly from like the Parks and Rec and Sports Council guys, it's just been so cool, really wanting us to bring the event there, really open and helpful. Um, we then go to Cuttonville, so we've got one at Mayhem with, with Rich and Rory and, and the crew there. Um, and then we've got an event in Houston and then an event in LA as well. So we've, we've kind of dotted our way across this year to hopefully get people to come do their first ever Battle Cancer US event. That's amazing. And then where are your international events? So yeah, all up, so we've got our usual UK ones. So we've got uh, London, we've got Scotland now, we've also got Ireland. Um, and then we've, we're running events in Paris, in Barcelona, in Amsterdam, in Berlin. Um, so we're kind of covering most of the big heavy hitting like CrossFit countries in, in Europe and the UK. Um, Dubai was the furthest one away. So that was really cool to get that off the ground because we'd never done anything there before. We'd been before and we've interacted with, with the community, but to kind of have the very first ever event and so well attended fundraise like you know nearly 50,000 pounds like $60,000 for local Emirati charities was again really cool for year one that's that was like a this works people like it and just so cool to see different faces different religions different like dress codes different shape sizes like seeing that expand is is also just sick you stand there for a moment and you're like oh this this can work but we've still not done one in the U.S. so we've got a lot of hard work to do 
Well, so paint the picture for me then, because I'd like to go to one of these. I, maybe I can get down to Cookville. That's not that far from here. Um, what What does an event look like for you guys? Like what happens at these events? So registration, walking in the morning with your team, you get given a lot of goodies, freebies. Uh, and then there's one really important question that we ask you at, at registration, which is, okay, which who's your chosen charity and like how much have you managed to fundraise for them? Um, you can change that number. So that number can continue for about two weeks to change. That can change on the leaderboard. But you basically log a score before you've even started. So that score is how much you fundraised for your chosen charity. Um, so you can start the day off first on the leaderboard or, or bottom on the leaderboard. And then we have a like our really big opening ceremony warm-up. So we get everyone together in one space. We open the event, talk about cancer. We talk about loss. We talk about recovery. We talk about inspiration. And then the music goes off and we warm everyone up all at once. So like in London, this was incredible. We had like 5,000 people all warm up at once, which was just nuts to feel that. And then you do four nine-minute workouts. But, you know, nine minutes can be a very horrible place when it's body weight, CV equipment, teamwork, sweaty, live DJs, big inflatable like tunnels to come through. We have photographers running around. We have videographers. Um, and we have the, the DJs also just make the event. We just have like the, the, the live DJ just sets off. Like a, it basically becomes like a dance party, but you happen to do four really horrible nine minute workouts in, in the middle of that. To, and then you finish. So when you finish, everybody gets a celebration. There's no podium because we didn't like the idea. So you can, you still get prizes depending on your fundraising totals and how well you do, but everybody goes through our finishers process. So you, everybody gets a photo, everyone gets their patches their medals. They're, they're like really the professional final photograph. Um, and then we just, people want to hang around and help us back away. They hang around and help us back away, which not everybody does. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's a full day for us, but we, you know, we've had games athletes do it. We've had, triple amputees do we've had 14 up to 74 year olds and you know this year we're doing some really cool stuff with all the other crossfit nonprofits. so i'm hoping that we can enhance the experience of that day even more and just get people to use fitness as an excuse to connect i think that's that's the best thing for us you know you find yourself in cookville you and rory are going to have some some sort of contest who has the nicest beard he's got the thing growing uh, in it's, it's not a contest though, is it? Because like one, the man moves and smells and just sounds <laughs> phenomenally well. It's significantly better kept and groomed than mine. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's a contest. Man. I think it's, um, I think he wins. I, I can't speak to a scent. I've never smelled Rory. Uh, you know. He smells good. Does he? He smells good. He looks like he would. He looks like a, like he would smell lovely, but Never, never had a chance to smell him before. I guess maybe I'll have to head down to Cookville and give that a shot. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's going to be at the event. So maybe like, you know, that's the perfect opportunity to smell Rory McKernan. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should make that a, uh, you should do that for a fundraiser. Donate money, sniff Rory. I think, I think you could raise some money that way. I think you'd be up for it. I mean, the guy is 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 so sweet and so kind and and like open and warming, and, and he's going to be one of the actual program coaches. So, because not only we're going to have the event there, they're going to be doing one of our post cancer recovery fitness programs, and Rory actually wants to coach it himself along with Josh there as well. And as a cancer survivor himself, and I think as someone who's been through that journey and and seen the other side, he knows how important fitness played for him um so yeah i think that'll be super cool they'll people will get to get to smell him close for 12 weeks 
<laughs> Rory, Rory is about the nicest dude ever. They all are though. Like it, I was reading, you know, like people get in comments and, and uh, they, you know, people just go off on tangents. And I saw some comment thread the other day, people going off on mayhem and, and I'm sitting there going every interaction I've had with anyone from mayhem. And I mean, anyone, and I've talked at this point, I've talked to almost anyone that's been on a team and to rich and to Rory and like the whole deal, like literally the most humble, nicest people you could ever yeah. come across from end to end. I think it's different if you compete against people because you almost want to build a character. Like you, you want to build a reason to dislike someone, don't you? It's the Michael Jordan thing, you know, the whole like, and then I didn't like him. Like, I think you want right. to do that sometimes. And, you know, I rocked up in Clubville. Yes, I already knew Rory, but yeah, Rich invited me up to the barn, met his, like a number of his family, his mom, one of his daughters. We trained there, like super nice. You know, this is the dude's house. I always think like if somebody invites you to their house, uh, like that's a big open step from someone, you know, came up to me, shook my hand, like, Hey, I'm rich. None of this. You should know who I am kind of thing. Like it was literally, I'm rich, which again is, you know, like, duh, I know who you are because right. we're in your gym and there's like a 40 foot picture of you. Like, but still that to be like that, I think is really nice. His mom was super nice. She was literally cleaning the windows for the entire time that we were there because no one had been cleaning the windows, you know, every single athlete that we interacted with like Facundo was there and you know it's just this like amazing person that's behind the scenes a lot in the mayhem programming he was so sweet and lovely and he's like oh do you want me to drive you to here and everybody's like that and I think every member of staff and I think I've seen that somewhere else and I've like I saw that at Invictus I really saw that when it comes from the top down so like if from CJ was the same like when we first started doing stuff CJ was really kind invited us to his house we had food um when you see that top person really have that leadership and that openness, like everybody else just, I think, leeches onto it and wants to do the same. But I, I don't know how you, I think you must really struggle to, to say that these people are bad people. Like Noah, Noah's like one of the nicest people in the world. And I've said this a hundred times, but the comments that he'll get because on his video, I don't know, he, I think he started in the wrong position on 22.1 right. or something. And I'm like, okay, the guy hasn't murdered anyone. He's not invaded any countries. Right. He's literally just stood accidentally to the side of a bar. And you know what? Give him a penalty and I'm still sure he's probably in the top like 0.01% of the world. Yeah, people are weird about Noah um, because he's so nice. They th People think it's fake. And I, as someone who's met him multiple times, I can absolutely attest to the fact there's nothing fake about that dude. Like... If he sees you, he will and knows you. Will give you the biggest hug, uh, you know, that you've ever had. And he's a strong dude, so like those hugs hurt. You know, like he's a he's a really really sweetheart of a guy, no doubt. Never never like a huff. And and we and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me kind of sharing this. Was I, I asked him a question about his like CrossFit fame and about how he feels about that, um, and he said, look, you know. I can walk in the street and no one really kind of massively understands who I am normally, but at a CrossFit event, if I, if me just meeting someone can have a really positive effect on their day, their week, even just an hour or whatever, he's like, that's my responsibility to do that. It's just like, that's a kind of a, you know, the whole Superman, uh, Spider-Man, like comes great power, comes great responsibility. Right. He's like, that should be my thing. He's like, and I, I feed off that. That's an amazing feeling to walk away. And someone was super happy to have met me. He says, you know, that could all just stop. So I, I, and I think CrossFit is full of people like that. I, I, I genuinely haven't met someone who, who is not 
enjoyed the fact that they are known in CrossFit and that they can bring some kind of advantage to a fan or, you know, like somebody who's followed their journey's life. I've not, I've not met one person who's a dick yet. So I'm sure yeah. there is, but I've not, I haven't met that person. So Yeah. I've, I've not met them and I've certainly seen and witnessed everything you're describing. Hey, your trip to Cookville, was that the first time you've seen bison? Did you get a chance to see the bison that they race? Yeah, they're big. They've got big heads on those things. Yeah. <laughs> That's how there's so much of that jerky going around. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've seen, we've got like, they've even got little baby Highland cows. So mm-hmm. I've, I've seen Highland cows from being raised a lot in Scotland, but I've never seen a bike. Like that thing is like an elephant. It's huge. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. They, they uh, I mean, we've, where I grew up or grew up, and they have a, they call it the bison park, but they, you know, raise these bison. Yeah. And every time I see them, I'm just astounded how big they are. And then I'm more astounded that Rich has got the time to do all this training and put together all those things. He's got three teams in the top 10, for God's sakes. And, um, you know, and then all the side hustles. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, he's raising bison. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the switch off. Maybe the switch off is bison's got nothing to do. Well, it has got to do stuff across right now because everybody wants to buy like the jerky and buy the meat but do you know what being there was again like quite inspiring because you see you see a machine like it's there's there's like a genuine mayhem machine that's going on there the content creating team that are in there that are just churning out great content you know they've got stuff within minutes of things being announced they're all super sweet like all really young guys like they've moved from different places to go there for that reason rory moved you know from I think he was in California or wherever he was prior to, to moving out there for that reason. And the, even the people who work behind the desk at the cafe, they were in the same year as Rich at school. So he's, he's gone to everybody who he knows and gone, okay, I trust you guys. Do you want to be part of this and like help me grow it? And then it becomes something more than just the one person's. Yep. And that was something that I took away from with, with battle cancer. And I was like, look, as we hopefully keep getting, we want to try and get bigger. We want to reach more people and do more events it's not necessarily about the people that we employ having such professional backgrounds or having experience, but if they trust and believe in the thing that you're trying to do together, then you'll do really well. And I, and I think that's something that they've done particularly well and seems to be popping up with like hard work pays off, you know, like yeah. what's going on there. They're building that team out and it's people that they trust and look at the success they're having early on. So I think that is a lesson of teamwork makes really cool stuff happen. Well, you know, we'll help you any way we can, you know, here in the States. And uh, I'm going to try to get to that cookful event. I swear I am. I'm going to talk to Nikki, see if maybe she can pack the baby up and make the trip. That could be fun. <laughs> It'd be really, really good. The, the amazing thing with Mayhem. So ev- Mayhem is the only event that we've actually held this year in a gym. Everywhere else is an external venue. So LA is the Dignity Health Park Center. It's where the LA Galaxy play. Uh, Houston is the Houston Sabercats Rugby Stadium. So it's the Aviva Stadium. It's a huge stadium with big jumbotron screens. Um, but Mayhem's in there. But you can basically completely empty it. And it becomes this completely different like event space. So I think it'll also just be really cool that Although it's in a gym, it won't feel like you're in a gym. Right. It'll really feel like a battle cancer event. Um, and again, the, the, the team have been super nice. Like as we do the launch video, you'll, you'll see Rich talk about it. Um, so yeah, please. I think we, we need, we've got a lot of work to do in the US. We need to convince people to, you know, like come with us, take a punt on the day, take a punt on fundraising in this slightly different way. So I'm just hoping that little British. Scott Breton, who drives to every single gym in Miami and every single gym in Nashville and every gym in Houston, 
when I knock on the door, like that people will at least take a poster off me. As, as long as they'll at least take a poster, it's like, okay, we're, we're halfway there. There you go. So, um, you know, I know you're going to, you'll be on this tour of the States, anything special you'll try to do outside of battle cancer, anything you want to see sightseeing, something different than you get in the UK. Well, I mean, the sun is, is one of those things. If I could see, <laughs> if I could see the sun, that would be delightful. Um, no, like luckily, um, we'll meet up with Noah to get a chance to, cause he's doing the, um, his semi-final means that we'll be in Miami at the same time. So that's really nice. Um, but I'm really looking forward to sort of exploring Texas a little bit more. So because we're driving it, we have to do lots of stopovers and we kind of motel nights and stuff. Um, but Houston's one that we didn't get to spend an awful lot of time when we were there previously. And I've got sort of five days this time. So it'd be really cool to just sample a little bit of how people live, like not obviously just being in the gyms. Um, and then in LA, a friend of mine just came back from a place called the Bike Shed, which has been somewhere that's been open in London for a really long time. I like my motorbikes, so I'm kind of excited to be able to do that. Um, this sounds really nerdy, but I just, I love all the stuff that you don't get in the UK. And I just love the 99% of my interactions with people in America, even if it's a gas station, if it's a store, they hear my voice and they smile and they ask me where I'm from and they're really genuinely excited to kind of chat. Um, and that's going to be a very cool thing for three weeks to get to be able to meet lots and lots of people and, and hear how the accents change and see how the landscape changes from Miami all the way through to LA. Like that's going to be, again, a very, a very, very cool thing. And Johnny Cash Museum. That's definitely going to be done. You'll get the wide range of accents from uh, Tennessee to Houston to LA. No doubt about that at all. I had a good friend actually that was from the UK and uh, when I worked in the restaurant business decades ago and we were in Nashville and man, it didn't matter what came out of his mouth. Women looked at him like he was the most beautiful <laughs> thing on the planet. Like it didn't, you know, he was a good looking dude, but I mean, seriously, like every time he opened his mouth, women would just sigh and like almost pass out. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it was great. So you, you, you have, you know, you've got this advantage that no one else has in the South. So good luck with that. I'm going to try. If it means I can get people to sign up to our event, then it's worth it. But I mean, also it's, you know, we experience this at the games. A lot of people think I'm Australian or I'm Irish because the UK accent isn't all, you know, hello, it's right. time for tea with the queen. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I can speak like that, but you know, I'm, I'm from Manchester. I'm from the place where Sam Briggs is from. It's where we speak a little bit different. So right. people, people usually kind of think, Oh, you're Australian or you're Irish. Um, and, but no, 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 I'm English. And then hopefully we'll be back at the games as well. We've been having some really cool conversations with the, the team at the games. Um, so hopefully we'll be back running uh, sessions so people can do battle cancer type of workouts all the way through the games as well. But um, I might bring like a, a kind of big screen with subtitles because a lot of people didn't understand some of the stuff I was saying. Well, then uh, if you come to the games, just uh, bring me with you and I'll translate. It'll be great. Can I ask you a question? I know this is the kind of whole point was that you're asking me questions, but sure. um, the, so if I say to you a press up, do you know what a press up is? A press up? I can make some guesses, but no, no clue. What's a press up? But if, it, but if I say a push up, you know what a push up is? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so we call them press ups, but every single time I was trying to introduce a word or I was talking about what we're doing, I'd say, okay, guys, you're going to do press ups. And Everybody was like, no idea what you're talking about. That's the first time I've heard something so divisive 
in like CrossFit terminology, because everybody else is everything else we kind of agree with. There's not really a country divide, but press up and push and push up is the first time like we call it press up. Oh, I haven't heard that. See, I was I was immediately thinking maybe it would be a push press or a push jerk. Like for me, pushes are overhead. Like so, what I always think, you know, not yeah, not away from the floor. So, what do you call handstand? What do you call handstand push ups? Handstand press ups? No, see, this is where like we would call it handstand push up, but we would call it a press up. A press. I think it's because press up is like a military exercise, and the like British sort of military would always call it a press up. Whereas, like a handstand push up has come into our country via the US. Like that's it wasn't a thing before CrossFit, really. So I feel like we've kind of amalgamated and taken that straight on and then not gone hey we should just call it a handstand press up we call yeah we, we will call it a handstand push-up yeah see they they changed that here in the states after we beat you guys in that war so that's why that was it <laughs> Dude, i was just i was just in boston i thought of you the other day actually i almost sent you a picture i was gonna send you a dm i was in boston for work and we were we had time off so we we're like walking around and we were right down where the Boston Tea Party was. And the boat's okay. there, you know, it's right there. Nice. I was going to snap a photo and send it to you, but I didn't get around to it. I mean, I kind of think it worked out for the best, to be honest, because oh, yeah. we're not very good at running our own country right now. So I don't think running one the size <laughs> of yours would be very good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, we're not very good at running ours either. So we probably going to need a third party to come in and fix both at some point, I guess. I, I mean, know. Elon Musk... Elon Musk seems to be doing good things. So I don't know, maybe he'll probably buy them both at some point, you know, I'd be up for that. Tesla seems to be quite efficient. So maybe he's interested in CrossFit. God, I hope, well, I, yeah, I was going to say, I hope not, but with his money, he could actually turn this thing into a real sport. So (laughs) not a horrible idea. We'll see. He'd certainly run it like a real business, not the way it's been run for the last couple of years. So it's, it's, it's super interesting to still see like the the changes of what's kind of yet to come. Like I, I've seen some really cool stuff with CrossFit Health and with the CAP affiliate programming. And I've seen some really cool things that I just, I'm like, huh, maybe there is like a bigger thing going on behind and we just don't see it yet. And we just don't kind of know what it's going to be like just yet. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's being very optimistic. I'm with you. I'm very optimistic. I, you know, I, I've said this on the air multiple times. I I like the changes that they've made. I think they've made plenty of mistakes. And I yeah. think if you separate out the business and the games and then separate their mistakes out, they're wildly different, yeah. right? Like yeah. the games is making their own set of mistakes, but that's, um, you know, that's like any sport and it's a fledgling sport. Like it's brand new really in the, like in the grand scheme of sports, like, you know, you know, you guys, you know, play soccer or, you know, European football. And that's been around for decades, you know, and the rules are established and the rules are crazy, but they're still established, right? Like you guys know what you're doing. This thing's been around for 10 years, 15 years, maybe, you know, it's like, it's just going to take a while for them to get it figured out. And, but anyway, I digress the, the business side, I'm with you. I, I like what they've done with the programming and I think yeah. the CrossFit health stuff's really good. I'm part of, I'm in the pilot for the, the beta test for the CrossFit health, the thorn, um, oh, yeah, yeah. the health side. And it's, you know, I can speak personally on it. It's great. Like it's really, really great. Um, you know, so I like that stuff. You know, I think there's been some missteps and I think this whole, you know, Eric 
you know, stepping over to, um, you know, the board of directors or chairman of the board has yeah. put a lot of uncertainty in people's mind. And I was just thinking about this, that, you know, they still haven't named a CEO. So I think that is contributing to the uneasiness mm-hmm. that people are feeling. Um, hopefully. You made a really good comment on it, though. I, rem- I remember seeing like, and, it, and you weren't like taking the piss out of someone. You were actually making a really good comment. You're like, if you actually understand like corporate structure, you'll understand that he's still effectively the person in charge of what's going on. And, and in fact, almost got a power above CEO because the person in that position has the ability to kind of remove the confidence in the CEO. So I think everybody was like, oh my God, ha, he's left. And and I'm like, no, no, this is actually probably in a long-term structural move of, of, of a company so big was actually trying to move up to a different level and but allow somebody to come in and, and maybe have their own approach on things. And it was, you, you did it really succinctly. I remember one of the posts and I think a lot of people kind of reacted quite positively, like, yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's the well, point. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing people don't take into account, we don't need to get into his dirty laundry, but you know, he's, he's had some like real serious family things go on in the last couple of years. Yeah. And like the CEO job's a really stressful job, you know, and chairman of the board is not as stressful, but to your point, still retains a lot of power and a lot of control. And, um, you know, so it makes sense to me for someone to want to do that. If they want to, you know, if you have the resources, like, you know, you have the money, he clearly does. And you want to spend more time with your family, take on a less stressful role and still have power. It makes a lot of sense, you know, and I can't blame a guy for wanting to do that. I also feel like, you know, we, we had a call last Friday with, like most of the, the CrossFit nonprofits, like pretty much everybody was on there. And, you know, it was being led by J-Mac and from Josh Murphy from the foundation and so many other people. And and just in the middle, it was kind of like a presentation, to be honest, of like what CrossFit wants us to do in the sense of like, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you this and we want to give you this opportunity. And it was like, hang on, that, that would be like the NFL during the Super Bowl ringing up charities and saying, guys, like we want to give you advertising and we want to give you a free space and we want to give you, because it's the biggest moment, you know, it's the wedding day of CrossFit every year. And and they're basically saying, guys, we want to give you four completely free and no strings attached. And I can tell everybody like there's no contract to be in there. There's no, we have to do this or cover this payment or anything. I was like, that's still really cool. This multi-billion pound company Mm -hmm. is, is still very actively acting like that and is still promoting that all the way through, which is super. I've not yet to see that from another sport and anywhere near. Yeah. It's amazing. And you know, and it's, um, I mean, I don't know all the charities involved, but I know they're highly involved in the Phoenix, which is the recovery group, yeah. which is a terrific group. You guys barbells for boobs, um, easy Muhammad's charity project onyx, um, I know I'm missing a couple. So uh, Steve's club, what are they called now? Uh, Forging Youth Resilience. Youth Resilience like, yeah. like just so many, you know, great charities. And to your point, like this corporation, they they don't have any, there's no monetary gain for them. There's not even like any gain for them in growing their business. It's just the right no. thing to do. And, and that's, that's what pulls me back in. That's what pulls me back in every time to be like, no, there is the people act like people first within within that. And then like business comes separate and they know we're not there to sell t-shirts. Like, you know, my conversation has been well, technically we do sell some t-shirts, but that goes back to funding the program. Yeah. And then in, you know, for me to have any chance of growing battle cancer as a concept and as an event and as an ability to bring people together, 
being at the games and having that like attachment is giving me a huge boost up, you know, and like yourself, you do this all the time. You could have completely flipped to being like Rogan-esque, you know, somebody coming, somebody coming on has to have got an advantage in terms of being selling something or having something else or paying an appearance. Cause once we started working with PR company, we learned that like so many podcasts that have a huge like listenership, even if they're not there to promote something like there's a fee, there's, you know, there's, it's super transactional and you know, you every single time I'm like, Hey, is there any chance I can annoy your listeners about battle cancer again? You're like, yep, not a problem. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do it. And you fundraised for us. So like there's, I, I just think that good people permeate around CrossFit. It's, it's the thing that makes my job great. Like I said, you know, it's, it's a selfish job because I get to work with people who are really nice. Well, that is the dream, right? And on the off chance, my boss hears this podcast. I love my job, whatever that's worth. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. You never know. So, I mean, yeah. C- CEO of CrossFit is still open and you do kind of look like the last one. So I know that might, that actually might be the only job I would consider leaving my current job for, even though I'm wildly not qualified to be CEO of CrossFit. But, uh, what would be the first thing first day in the C- uh, CEO of CrossFit? What's your first power play move? What are you going to do? Um, I would probably spend the first few weeks pounding the phones and talking to affiliate owners. The North star for that business is the affiliates. It is. You have to like, you have to win the hearts and minds of the affiliates and make sure that they're getting resources and um, the support that they need. And, you know, part of it is you have to pull back a little do to do that. I think Mm -hmm. that's been some of the critique of CrossFit is that, you know, they started, there's this creep factor where they're kind of creeping into the business and the beauty of CrossFit from the beginning, um, was, you know, Glassman kind of let people run it the way they want to run it. And there's a balance between doing that and giving people resources. And I think that's what they have to figure out is like, how do you do that? And so that would be day one would be, you know, you start with the power players, you know, the affiliates yeah. have been around 14, 15 to, you know, 16 years, the longest ones and start working your way down. And, and uh, I think they've got some, you know, these affiliate heads that are in place in regions yeah it could be effective if they were utilized right so i'd probably mm-hmm. leverage that um and then i would look at some of the other programs are running like this programming thing is really cool i think there's some other things they could do to better support the business end of it yeah uh, that they haven't really jumped into yet but i could get all nerdy talking about business all day we're not going to do that but, <laughs> but i'm See, not qualified there's a, there's to a plan. Plan. yeah well i don't know sounds like there's a plan there there's a beginning of a of a of a cover sheet at least for the job i think yeah there you go they're they're, they're you, absolutely not hiring the meme lord to come work for crossfit there's no i was gonna say there. that would be can you imagine the first legals meeting after the first month of you being allowed to run their social media <laughs> oh yeah they would shut me down quick there's no doubt about that but legal budget has to be extended to 10 times its previous amount <laughs> yeah yeah well that's probably true too <laughs> well, dude, this has been fun. I'm excited for you guys. You have so many great things going on, and it's just really amazing. You know, I think back to the first time you came on with me and Nikki, yeah. and how far your business has come just in a couple of years. And I can only imagine where you guys are going to be two, three years from now. Just really unreal. We're trying. You know, there's a there's a three year plan. Like we have this three year partnership with Nike, which is huge for us. Like the support that we've had from those guys at the back end. Considering you know everybody thinks that 
well, they are one of the biggest brands in the world, but they never come out of their mouth, oh, we need to sell this, or you need to be wearing this, or everything that's been asked has been, how do we elevate the stories of people that are connected to you? How do we, you know, promote Battle Cancer as an event, as a concept and fundraising? And how do we inspire more people to take back on fitness after recovery? And and that's been the conversations, but it's been great because it's like, okay, by 2025, I want 50 events. Like, and if we hit 50 events, we'll fundraise over a million every year. We'll have, you know, up to a thousand people in the program, but 200 people in a program at the minute. So that's like the real big thing now is it's like, okay, people are starting to believe in this idea that I had. And once other people believe in it, and especially people who can make, you know, open doors and make things happen, that gets me really excited because it's like, we're not just, we're not done. Like we're literally just starting. So this year is a big one. Like we need to get America off the ground, hopefully to, to make it different. But yeah, you know, you spoke to you and Nikki in the height of COVID and, you know, we were facing closing the doors and having no, you know, no staff having nothing ahead of us. So it's just really cool that we're allowed to do this stuff and I can host an event without you know being arrested and people yeah. can come together and, all that is just very cool. That's not lost on me just yet. That's good stuff, man. Uh, so before we wrap up, where can people find you? Give us give a shout out your websites and, and uh, social media pages. Thank you. Yeah, so Instagram is at battle.cancer because battle cancer was taken and we can't get it. So it's at battle.cancer. Um, basically type that into Facebook and we are even on TikTok now. You will not find oh. videos of me. You will not find videos of me dancing, but you you will find stuff on TikTok again. So it's at battle.cancer uh, and then www.battlecancer.com. Um, and then you can find out all the events on there. You can buy some of the merch, but particularly that'll link you to everything. Um, and like I said, we've got, an, we've got events in Miami, in Houston, in Cookville, and then in LA. And they all start from the beginning of November until the first weekend of December. So they're pretty much every week over that period. Um, and we're going to be back in the States in September as well on a fundraising and activation tour. So we're going to go to all those cities and take over gyms and talk to them and run Battle Cancer classes. So we're going to be in America a lot. So if you do get a chance, just look at battlecancer.com or at battle.cancer and hopefully we can, we can steal you for a day. Love it. All right. Well, Scott, thanks for joining, man. Always welcome on the show. We love having you. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for joining and we will chat with you guys soon.